This is the Truth of the Matters podcast. I am your host, Jonathan, and this is episode number 93. First and foremost, I want to thank everyone that has considered to press play at their own convenience. And I want to thank you because I know that your time is valuable. And any time that you have taken the side to listen to us, being then you're greatly appreciated. So there have been two different things that we have done on this podcast one is myself and daniel have gone chapter by chapter verse by verse unpacking god's word in deep and profound ways we've done so far first john gospel luke and right now we are in the gospel of matthew series specifically chapter five dealing with the sermon on the mount dealing with the beatitudes Another thing we have done on this podcast is that I have invited guests on to share their personal testimony, their walk with God, how God has shaped and fashioned them and made them into who they are today. And I have given them the opportunity to share where they are currently and what occurred along the way. I think there's value to testimonies, there's value to understanding that what a testimony does is you can either find yourself in what you're going to do to be very similar to someone else's or you could be inspired motivated and encouraged to step your game up and ultimately appreciate how god has been a blessing to them and the process that they have gone to to be where they are today i'm going to introduce a third segment that I want to add to the podcast and I think it's important and that's called Bible study reflection solo or with friends again it's called Bible study reflection solo or with friends and what I would like to do is I would like to reflect on God's word and I have two friends that I appreciate and love very much that I have done Bible study for quite some time with one of them is Jennifer and the other one is Eric. One's a high school friend and one I have built a pretty good relationship with over a period of time. And it was in these conversations that I learned a lot and I appreciated the one-on-one dialogue with them. When it came to Jen, one of the reasons why I appreciate the Bible study I've done with her is that we laugh and giggle and spoke about things that we didn't quite understand but we understand that over time your clarity and understanding of scripture happens which means it's okay not to know everything it's okay to read things and have no clue about what it's saying it means that eventually at some time we are hoping at some point that God will reveal to us what it is that we need to know. The one thing I enjoyed about my Bible study time with Eric is we have taken one hour out of the week. We both have gone into the lab and studied God's word individually. And we come together, we pray first and foremost, and we kind of dive in and we learn so much from one another. You know, the scripture in Romans said, let us not let us be musically encouraged by one another's faith. And I believe he will testify, and so I will 
testify on how much we have been mutually encouraged by one another and how our faith has grown and how our fellowship has grown. So yes, I understand the importance of corporate fellowship within the sanctuary among congregants, but I also understand the value in a small community of just one or two or three. The important thing is that I want people to know that God is present in both. He said anytime two or three or more are gathered, there he is. So whether it's one or two or three, whether it's your friends, your family member, acquaintances, what we all have in common is that we love Jesus and we want him to pour into us. And we want to pour into one another. And I believe that that is one of the ways you can do it. So I want to introduce to you this because I think this would inspire and motivate and encourage you to go out and have Bible study amongst people that you really care about as well. Keep tabs on one another. Pray for one another. Fellowship with one another. Be there for one another. We need to do this more often. And I hope that this can be something that can inspire you to start one. And I hope that you learn a lot from them. Because I know that I have. So on that note. Oh, one more thing, right? My friend Jen would laugh at this verse. And I would laugh at it too because it's true. And it's this passage in Corinthians that says those who think they know something don't yet know as they ought to know. Again, it's those who think they know something don't yet know as they ought to know. So I enjoyed Bible study because I understood that there was room for growth and development. There was room for learning and if you run across somebody that thinks they have it all together then I would advise you to run in the opposite direction because none of us have it all together in fact I think we are all trying to be better than we were yesterday and the day before so before we get started on this text that me and Eric discussed a few weeks ago I want to pray first heavenly father lord in the name of jesus i thank you so much for this opportunity that you have given me i hope that what i share today can be helpful and inspiring and motivating and encouraging for those out there who may not know anything about the truth of the matter is podcast but what they do know is that you are using me as an instrument of righteousness and not wickedness Potentially, you are speaking through me to motivate and encourage them to pick up a Bible. More importantly, you care about them and you love them. And if you have the love through me, it will be an honor to be able to love them and show them how much your word can change and point them in a direction to want to be better. Lord, thank you for all that you've done for me. Thank you for allowing your word to reshape me, who I am, and change the way that I think. Lord, I love you, I appreciate you, and I honor you and give you all the glory and praise. The respect that I have for you is, is like no other.
open all eyes to see or ears to hear or hearts to receive or minds to understand what it is that your word can offer them and lord i say these things in jesus name i pray amen okay <clears throat> excuse me so i want to start off with genesis chapter 39 verse 19 to 23 for context the context is extremely important when it comes to hermeneutics and i want to start off with this for context when his master heard the story his wife told him saying this is how your slave treated me he burned with anger and joseph master took him and put him in prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined but while joseph was there in the prison the lord was with him he showed them kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prisoner warned to the warner or the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success and whatever he did so first thing that i love when i reflect over this text that me and eric agreed is that it shows that in spite of what was going on god was with joseph and i think that's something that we have to remember that no matter where you are in life hard times easy times god's there he's there he's with you you're not by yourself. He sees what's happening to you. He sees what's going on. So instantly we see in the text, the emphasis is that God, the Lord, was with him. And we know that because it says Joseph was shown kindness and granted favor in the eyes of the prison warden. And that's what God does. You know that God is there with you because you can see the hand that he has over those who are in power how he can change their hearts to be sensitive to your situation the favor that you're in when someone can elect to show you a form of favoritism and i've been there i had an experience myself when i had my car break down and instantly I went from one location to the next and the driver who was carrying my car didn't charge me the full amount when it came to the travel. Or a mechanic who could have charged me an arm and a leg and charged me less. They showed love to me in a moment where things were going wrong and instantly I was able not only to discern God's hand over the situation, but to know that through this predicament, I'm still with you. It was interesting because, again, it's emphasized here that God's favor in Joseph's situations led to him being responsible to the degree that the warrant didn't pay any attention and knew that Joseph would be successful in whatever he did. 
So why pay attention to a situation where God has favor over you to the degree that the warrant is paying no attention to what Joseph does, but knows that he thrives in it? Your gift and talents and your abilities can make room for you at times. So I reflected on that. And I understood how amazing that can be. Another thing that I sat back and thought about was Genesis chapter 40 verse 1 through 4. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. And it says the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended to them. Again, is that a coincidence? Could it be? Part of God's plan. Or how he wanted to maneuver and put Joseph in the right place at the right time with the right people. That's just how God works. God works in mysterious ways. Do you think sometimes when you meet people and you have conversations with people, that's not part of God's plan. I call those divine meetings. God can set them up instantly, just like that, for your benefit. So to think that Potter's wife and what she did to Joseph, she got the victory in the end? No, God used her negative intentions to bring about good in his situation. And sometimes I think we got to remember that. The moment looks tough. The situation looks bad. But God's going to get the glory anyway. He's going to get the glory, the praise, and the honor anyway. You know, when David said, I shall rejoice in the Lord at all times, and his praise should continuously forever be in my mouth, I think we need to adhere to that. Regardless of how things look, just know that God sees it, he's aware of it, and he's working out a plan. Now, this is the text that I wanted to get to. The first text that I wanted to unpack and I wanted to reflect about Genesis chapter 40 verse 14 to 15 Joseph told the chief cupbearer when all goes well with you remember me and show me kindness mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. Now, I want to think about this text and I want to talk about how Joseph is confident in his ability. And one of the ways you find out is that earlier he said, does not God interpret interpretation matter? This is why he was led to eventually interpret their dreams. And he understood that was his gift. He knew that was his gift early, right? Because he did that with his brothers. The problem was his brothers were envious of him, didn't like him, sold him into slavery, didn't want to hear him. And he's using the gift that he has for an opportune time. Now, what's interesting is sometimes we look at situations and think, that with our gifts, talents, and abilities, we can forge a path to where we want to be. And we do it all the time. But sometimes we have to understand that God has a better plan. 
sometimes we think by taking matters into our own hands, we can create an opportunity for ourselves. But guess what? God has a better plan. Sometimes we think that God wants us to do things on our own. Sometimes, sure. Other times, not. But guess what? God has a better plan. And the reason why I love this passage is because he then points to what has happened to him. And think about it. Joseph barely complains. But right here in verse 15, he said, I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. So he's highlighting that he was mistreated. He's pointing that out. And this is what's interesting. When we get to verse 23, it says the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. You can look at this in a negative way or you can look at this in a positive way and, and understand that God didn't plan to have him moved yet. That's what he wanted. That's what he thought. But God didn't have planned to move him yet. There's a saying that people have where they say, if you want to see God laugh, make plans. This was Joseph's plan. He thought this was how it was going to work out. It didn't work out that way. So I want us to, when we reflect in life and we think that things are supposed to go a certain way and it doesn't go that way, that doesn't mean that God isn't working something out. That doesn't mean that God's not in it. It just means that the way you thought God was going to do something, he's not going to do it that way. He has another one. He has another plan. And his plan is better than your plan because he sees past what it is that you see. He sees the tests and the trials that it takes to get there. Have you never read Daniel and Daniel prayed for information and later found out that there was a battle that went on and that individual had to get past there to provide that information to Daniel. That battle was a war of words. Right? We could talk about that another time. But when you really dive deep, you realize that God is working something out, but he's working something out. But you don't know what he's doing behind the scenes to get you there. Sometimes you just know you got there. Interesting, when you get to Genesis chapter 41, verse 1, it said, when two full years had passed. That's amazing. So that period of time, Joseph was in prison, providing responsibility and handling the warrants, orders. took two years before we hear of Pharaoh who had a dream and eventually called Joseph to interpret it. That goes to show you sometimes when you're in a moment of waiting, it's happening for a reason. God sometimes is working on something. He's working on your character. He's working on you. He's shaping and fashioning you so that when the opportunity presents itself, you'll be able to do something with it. Appreciate the opportunity. And understand that the process is there to get you to where you need to be. That brings me to my next verse of reflection. 
and that's Genesis 41, 51. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. Joseph named his firstborn and said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. Why do I love this? I love this because there's different stages in life, man. We live our lives on level, we arrive in stages. Some things that happen to you as a child prepare you for you as a young adult and they prepare you for you as an adult and they propel you when you're in your elder years. When you look at Michael Jordan or Tom Brady as an example, you see how Tom Brady has three section years of him in the Super Bowl. And you see that they all can be counted as Hall of Fame years, but you can see the progression in who he was. Listen, sometimes in life, you have to go through things. In fact, Joseph is reflecting and realizing that how things were when he was a child in his father's house and going through slavery and then being brought, then ending up in Pharaoh's house and then being accused from Potter's wife to Pharaoh and then ending up in jail again to now being second in charge of all of Egypt. That was God's plan. Sometimes those battle scars that you're earning, it's worth it. To the degree that, guess what? Joseph realized he has children now. He has a family. He's in a point now he can forget what happened. And later on, we realized that when his brothers come because of the famine, he has to readdress what had happened to them and how they treated him. But the point that I want you to understand is that, is that these, there are stages in life. Maybe your success doesn't happen until later. You know what they say. They say 25 years old is what used to be called a person's prime. Now it's moved to 37 because they're taking into account everything. How are you doing financially? Do you own any businesses? Do you own any stocks? Are you in your career? Do you have a pension? You start to realize that as you get older, you become wiser, you become smarter, you make a bigger impact. So much is going on. So don't lose sight of that. You know, in the movie Any Given Sunday, there's a speech, and I love it when he says one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half a step or one half a second too slow or too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. Every break of the game, every second, every minute. Why do I love that? Because it speaks to the fact that when you're in God's favor, he's never late, but he's right on time. He's never late, but he's right on time. We got to trust him. So I'm going to close out with a couple of verses for you to reconsider and think about. Psalms 27, 14. 
Psalms 27, 14. And it says, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Lamutations chapter 3, verse 25. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Get that? Exodus chapter 14, verse 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. That's what we get with Joseph. Even though he had other plans, God had other plans. And if you're letting God drive, then you have to believe God knows what's best for you. And you have to trust in that. Another thing, Revelations chapter 3 verse 7. God opens doors that no man can shut and he shuts doors that no man can open. What does that mean? God is the doorkeeper. Other people can't keep you out of your purpose. Obstacles can't keep you from what God has ordained for you. And we saw that with Joseph. He was put in a predicament not only to bless Egypt, prevent people from starving, but also reap benefit long term. That's how amazing God can work. Your gifts, talents, and abilities will not go to waste. God will use every inch, every bit of them. Never forget that. The capabilities and in what God can actually do. And you may not think he could do much, but he can do plenty. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive our salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secrets of being content in any and every situation, whether we're fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love this passage because a lot of people just jump right to 413, but don't realize that learning to be content, regardless of the circumstances, shows not only your ability to do whatever God is asking you to do, it's for you to recognize and appreciate that regardless of the situation or circumstance, you have to still maintain that faith and trust in God. You still have to learn how to do that. And finally, Romans 8.28, we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So we have to learn that, hey, I may not know everything that I need to know, but guess what? I'm holding on. I'm trusting God. I'm believing God because I know God knows what's best for me. And as long as you understand that, as long as you appreciate that, as long as you come to embrace that, then I believe with certainty that God has a plan for you. So let me close out in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just want to thank all those who took the time to listen to what I have to share. 
I hope that it encourages them. I hope that it motivates them. I hope that it inspires them. I hope that next time they read God's word, read it slowly. Think about it. Try to understand what it is that you want them to know about it. Lord, I pray that what was done today will show people that your word is very realistic. That these things are happening each and every day to people. Lord, you told us, do not become weary in doing good for you. You will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You told us, be a good cheer for I have overcome the world. You told us that the world hates you. Remember, it hated me first. Lord, you gave us these inspirations and these things because you wanted us to understand don't lose hope I know it's not pretty but don't lose hope I know things aren't going well but don't lose hope have faith faith is a substance of things hopeful the evidence of things not seen it doesn't look pretty but we don't go based upon what we see Lord I say these things Knowing that you're Alpha and Omega, beginning the end, creator of all things, and anything that we act according to your will, you would do. Lord, let us think about such things that are true, noble, pure, right, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Lord, let us know that you will never leave us nor forsake us, but that you will be with us every step of the way. I say these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.